So we're going to do something very, very interesting today, Be'ez HaShem. Just make sure you guys mute yourselves, uh, so there's no, um, you know, crazy responses. So uh, please, please place yourself mute. Uh, if there are any questions, we'll take them afterwards. But we're going to do something very interesting today. Uh, I promised you, and uh, true to my words, I try to be. And we, what we're going to do today, and possibly the next few days, is we're going to read the emails out. Uh, we're going to read the emails that have been coming in. So I do just want to say a couple of things. First of all, um, I have to say personally, on a personal level, I have to thank Toe Anytime. Uh, because Toe Anytime have given me the platform to be able to reach not only within the Yeshiva-based Medrash walls alone, but uh, all over the world. And I can see from all over the place where the emails are coming in to where people are listening to, and it's definitely only because of Torah Anytime. They're an incredible, incredible Marbitz Torah. They're probably... I, I would I would be safe to... Uh, there's obviously someone who's not got it on mute, so just make sure you guys have it on mute. I would assume that they're probably the biggest Marbitz Torah probably in the world, pretty much. Because the uh, the tens and tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are um, learning Torah, especially in the last few months... Uh, I mean, the last few years we know, but the last few months, especially because of Tony Time. And I want to thank them because they allowed me to, uh, uh, you know, to you know, expand on the audience and expand on the shurim and expand on the, the amount of people that were learning all the things that we were learning together. We were able to share that with everyone else. And I always say that you guys have the biggest schuss because it's because of you guys that everybody else has got shurim, right? And any email that comes in now is because of you guys. So it's your schuss. And it's uh, it's a beautiful opportunity to uh, to read out some of people's questions, people's expressions, people's ideas. I'm apologizing now for anything that I'm not reading out. I'm not going to read out every email. There are many emails that have come in. Some are simply thank yous and some are questions which I try to answer. Generally, in 24 hours, I try to answer halacha shailas. Don't always manage, but I do try within 24 hours. But even the thank you ones, you know, people don't realize... It, it means a lot. It really means a lot to me. I actually got a phone call last week from a radio host somewhere in America. I'm not going to give all the details away because I don't want to get him in trouble. He's a chassidish guy. And he says to me, um, he says to me like this. He says in Yiddish, he says, uh, you have to understand, there's two Averas that I'm doing by listening to your shiurim. I said, whoa, no one's ever told me that before. Two Averas by listening to my shiurim. He says, yeah, Avera number one is, it's in English, and that's terrible. And Avera number two, it's on the internet, because Torah Anytime, and that's also another Avera. So um, basically there are two Averas, but he said, I still do it. And I listened to Shurim, and he should know. He said, I'm, I'm a radio host. He's probably listening right now. Anyway, I'm a radio host. He said, I'm a very, very popular radio host. I've got a lot, a lot of listeners that listen to me. And a guy once came to me, and he says to me, you know, I really want to, I, I just want to thank you for what you do, and what you say, and what you speak about. It's incredible, and keep it going. And he says, you know, thank you so much. You give me a lot of chizik for the future. And the guy's like, seriously, I give you chizik for the future. You have hundreds, if not thousands of people listening to you. I'm giving you chizik to the future. And he said to me, that guy wouldn't understand it. But you, as he's talking to me, would understand it. You know, just a, a simple thank you for what you do is something that means a lot. And in fact, I was once, when I was in Queens, I remember um, someone was driving me and he says to me that he drove, he drives all like the big speakers, or like Pesach Krohn and all the big speakers around. And, and, you know, even these speakers say sometimes that, yeah, they may be the best speakers and the top speakers in the Jewish world, but a thank you and a simple thank you is something which is always, always appreciated. So I just want to say thank you to all those people that said thank you. I even got actually a um, beautiful package of cheesecakes before Shavuos, which I think my wife got more Hanar than I did. 
And uh, I want to thank whoever that is. Some teacher somewhere in America sent that. I don't know who you are, but you did a great chesed. And uh, you should be zoicha to continue teaching all your Talmidim as well. So I want to be on a couple of things. Let's discuss, um, you know, some of the uh, some of the emails that have come through. I'm not going to go through all the questions. I'm not going to read all the emails out. But I want to pinpoint uh, today, perhaps, one or two questions which I think are very relevant for all of us. And the reason why I'm picking these emails are because I think these are emails that we can all learn from. And that's why we're doing this. We're doing this because I do believe that the emails that people write are not just personal questions that they have, but it's questions that many of us also have as well, but either we don't ask them, we don't realize to ask them, we're embarrassed to ask them, or it just someone asked it first, whatever it may be. So I'll just read you uh, an email over here actually from Lakewood. Um, I trust upon your share on Torah any time it was love at first sight. Interesting. How you managed to explain everything so slowly, deliberately, and clearly in about 20 minutes, I assume he's talking about the Dafiyomi share, is absolutely mind-boggling. Your English, and this is the best part of the email, your English accent is so enchanting to listen to that I can listen to you for hours. It's a tiny to hear your voice. This has always been my tiny, by the way. Nobody likes me as a speaker. They just like my accent. So, you know, they just listen to it because of that. Anyway, there, there, that's pure fool. You're, you're full of chiyas, kishmak, so alive, I can almost taste the contagious positivity. I have no words to thank you for rescuing me when I needed to finish the blat in a short amount of time. I heard you mention your app and I downloaded it. I love your shurum and the infusions of life and vitality. Okay, there we are. But there's the English accent mentioned. So I just wanted to bring that one in. Um, hi. I'd like to thank you for helping me become a Shemesh Shabbos, and Yontif, and Ribis, and Basavacholov. Right? So this guy just, just tuned in uh, recently, and the list goes on and on. I live in Brooklyn, and he's got some interesting questions, which maybe we'll deal with at a later stage. Interesting halacha questions. I'll tell you one of them. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. Am I obl- obligated to wear a mask because of Chilal Hashem or Dine Demol Chosedina? Okay, so that's an interesting one. He asks another question. The governor allows uh, of a gathering no more than 10 people. If I'm the first one of the 10 people, and then after me comes 11 and 12, do I have a chid to leave the shul? Another interesting question, which I'm not going to get to at this moment of time, but it's a great question. Uh, thanks for the dafyomi share. I love the lochal amaisi you put into it. I'm wondering if, I, if I'm doing boire when I pour leftover soup into the sink, thereby separating the big vegetables with the strainer that's in the sink when taking that and throwing it into the garbage. Hint, garbage, there we go. How should I clean the soup course? Okay, so that's an interesting one. In fact, I'm, I'm not going to go into this now by Rikas. Maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll leave some of these for later on. But just, you know, just because I know that he's waiting for an answer is, um, Shlomo Zalman says that the strainer in the sink is not considered to be a Maisa Boira because all you're doing is that the pipe underneath doesn't get um, blocked and therefore it's okay. So I don't want to go too much into that, but it's a great question anyway. Now, there's two emails that came in which have a lot of similarity and I want to discuss them with a little, more, a little bit more length. Hopefully we'll have time for another one after that. Um, and then we've got a very interesting one for tomorrow, but Ezra's Hashem. But uh, there are two emails which came in, and I think it's important for all of us to listen to, and it's also important for us to internalize this question and obviously the answer. Hello, Rabbi Wiesenfeld. I first want to exp- express my thanks to you for all the shurim that you have available. I have learned a great deal from you, and I hope eventually to meet you in person and properly thank you. I'm writing to you about a topic that I think is very Nagaya, especially in these times that we are currently in. Currently under the effect of quarantine and extended periods of alone time, many Bachrim are currently experiencing great challenges regarding Kedusha Sabris, 
the internet with all its great opportunities in terms of learning Torah also has plenty of opportunities for Tumah. I myself has witnessed many people fighting, losing battles with the Yetzirah over this. Even without the internet, still a big problem. I'm writing you to ask if you could post a chair or two about this topic specifically and to hear some chizik about the fighting, the urges for the Chet HaYadua. Thank you. And again, as I promised, we don't mention um, names over here. And one last email for, t- for the moment. If we have time, we'll do another one. Uh, which is again a very similar idea. Uh, the question is like this. The Rosh Hashiva doesn't know me, but I'm an avid listener to the Rebbe Shurim and Torah anytime, and I've constantly been recommending them to people. I greatly enjoy the Rebbe Shurim, such as Kibbutz of Aim series, which I finished recently, but the Rebbe Shavavim Power of the Eye series, I feel really changed my life. Now that I heard that Rebbe is making a question and answer share, I really would like to ask someone that's been bothering me for a while. Being an older teenager, like many other healthy teenagers, we have intrinsic taiva for noshim by nature. And being a yeshiva bacha, we have no kosher outlet to quench our taiva until marriage. But being a bacha in the yeshiva system means you first got to go through four years to base medrash, and then a year in yeshiva like the meh, before even thinking about shidduchim. I guess he didn't mention Lakewood with the freezer. And even if I were able to start dating now, I don't think I'm even emotionally ready to start a family. Even the Gemara in Kiddushin, Davchov Tesamid Base, he quotes, says that you're over 20 and unmarried, all your days are in sin. I know there are some of Hoshim who explain that if you throw yourself into Torah, then you can control your taiva and wait until later to get married. But nowadays, with Yedridas Adoras, I feel that the only achievable, that is only achievable for maybe the top Bachrim, but a Bachrim in the year 2020 isn't able to attain that level of Torah that the Mofoshim speak about. So in short, my question is, how can an average American yeshiva bacha in the year 2020 succeed in controlling his natural hormones, or even be expected to, if he isn't mature enough to get married yet, and even if he was in the yeshiva system, only lets you get married at 22, 23, and also when nowadays an average yeshiva bacha isn't able to throw themselves so much into their learning, that they would be able to control their natural tithers. I really appreciate being given the chance to ask my question to the Rosh Hashiva, and I really hope that he responds, and one of the Rosh upcoming Shurim, please don't mention my name. Okay, obviously. Whoa, whoa. So, um, I think that's an important question. I think that's an important question to address at this moment, as it's true, as he mentions, you know, many of us are spending time, you know, at home, on the computer, Zoom, whatever it may be, as we're on right now, and it's it's a it's a uh, taiva it's, it's her which applies the whole year, but like like we mentioned for the last two emails, it's something that perhaps in this times required an extra chizik in this. Now, all of you that know me and have been to my shovim shurim or listened to the shovim shurim know that it's either of, between a four and part and six part share to understand, and as we go through the psychological way that the mind thinks and what's going on in your mind at the time when you want to look at something you shouldn't look at, and we go through the benefits, and we go through all the disadvantages, and the averis, and the mitzvahs, and the schar, and all sorts of things. It takes a long time. So it's obviously not possible at this moment of time to go through the entire sequel in twice shit. Most of you have probably heard it. If you haven't, either download my app, or just go on to Tony Time, you'll find it over there. But just to mention a few interesting things, and I think it's important, I read you two emails, I could have read you one email. And the truth is, by the way, I've got many emails like this. I've got many emails from younger people, and both of these come from younger people. I've even got emails from older people as well. 
And although the question that we just had was from a bocha who said, until I get married, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I do want to tell you the metzias, and I deal with this all the time, and that is, just because you get married doesn't mean your tithes and your yetzaharas go away. And therefore it's not something that, oh, we're a bocha, so we need to work on this, because once I get married, everything's fine. It's not that way. I myself have dealt with many people who've sent in Shilas and personally dealt with people like this. I've dealt with people in therapy as well, uh, who deal, you know, I've sent people out to professional uh, therapy before they go on Shidduchim. I will not allow them to go on Shidduchim if they have a serious problem, because this is something which doesn't just, you know, marriage is not a hospital. And we'll talk about that, maybe we'll talk about marriage, Shuram. And marriage is not something that makes everything better and better and good and cleans up everything for you. It doesn't work that way. So it's important to know that this is a lifelong battle. Um, and again, I can tell you this from emails of people who are three times the age of the person that wrote this email. The first thing you have to know, and, and they, again, this I can tell you from receiving countless, countless emails, phone calls, dealing with people around the world who suffer with this, married with children, you can't imagine, that... It's a normal thing to do. That's the first thing. It's the tether that the Rabbanishram put in the creation. And that's a very important thing that I always relay over to people is you shouldn't think, oh my gosh, I've got to be a pretty low person if this is what I'm doing. No, that's not true. You, the the, the Rabbanishram put this koyach like electricity. And as we know, just like electricity, the more powerful it is, the more good it can do. But the more powerful it is, the more bad it can also do. So therefore, a person has to be very careful. And obviously, there's no question that the taiva for Noshim, in fact, is the second biggest taiva that exists in a human being. The first one, by the way, being the uh, will to, to live, to exist. Right? When a person's in a situation of dying or, or a threat to life, he will do absolutely anything. He will find reserves of strength that he never had before, never realized that he had, because the will to live is the highest power. The one after that is a tithe of Anoshim, and there's a good reason for that. Right? The Gemara Numa tells us that when the Rabbanishim took away this tithe, nobody had children because there was no tithe. So there has to be the tithe, but it has to be channeled in the correct way. And if you remember, we spoke about this recently that we all have our certain um, natural instincts that we channel in the correct way, and we can channel. And that's why it's very important to do that. So the first thing and the first step we have to realize is that it's a normal thing. For a healthy human being. I wouldn't say a teenager, because it's also a teenager, but it's also an adult. It's obviously more dangerous when you get married and everything else, because you have a wife and children, and it affects all sorts of things that we're not going into. But there's no question that, you know, it, it applies to everyone, and a person has to work on it as early as he possibly can, as I think we'll learn from the Mishnah later on today, uh, when we do Mishnah Yudalad, Be'ez Hashem and Pirkei Yavis. But there's also a Merodic Ramban, the Ramban says, and again, I'm going to be very, very Bikitsa because I would like to get to another email as well. I'm not sure if we will have time, but there are some interesting emails to read out. If we don't get today, Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow we'll continue. Um, we know Avram Avinu had many, many tests, and uh, the Ramban says that the Loshan of Nisoyin is because you grow from it. So a person has to realize that, yes, we have Nisoyinus, yes, we have tests, but they're opportunities. That's what they are. And in fact, some people say, and I've heard this from people, oh no, I've got the worst one. Oh, by me, it's like the strongest. There's no, you, Rabbi, you've never met anyone who's got a Yitzhahara like me. I've heard this from people, right? But it's interesting because I've heard this from so many people, so I guess everyone's in the same situation. And the answer is that, uh, and it's interesting, and again, I'm being very, very bekitza, um, that, you know, it's almost like 
I don't know if you've ever played, how much sports you guys have played, whether you've played football, soccer, basketball, baseball, hockey. You know, we've covered most of the places in the world that people are listening from. What's it? What's in South Africa? It's soccer, right? Yeah, soccer, no? Aaron, am I correct? Yeah, okay. So we've covered everything. You know, when you, if, imagine you were the coach of the team. I remember when I was in school, we had a, we had a, uh, what we called a PE teacher. What does PE stand for? Um, gosh, it's been that many years. I don't even know. It's, it's what, exercise, I don't know, whatever it stands for. So our PE teacher was an ex-Arsenal manager. That means nothing to me, by the way. But for some Arsenal fans out there, that was like, wow. It was like really choshev and everything. He was like the coach of the Arsenal team. So, um... So I remember he, he once said like this, you know, when you have a group of people who are trying to, you know, you're trying to train them to become stars in the football, soccer field, whatever. So if you notice one guy, imagine you see one guy like that guy's going to be a star. That guy is just going to be wow. He's going to take over the world. He's going to be he's going to be worth millions, whatever. Right. So you get his phone numbers, credit card details now. But apart from that, you'll make sure that you work him very hard now because, you know, there's a lot of potential there. The other guys, OK, they'll be OK. They'll be good. But that guy's incredible. Work him hard. Now, he might come to you and say, that's not fair. Why are you asking me to do 50 push-ups if you're asking him to do 10? And why are you making me run around the field 20 times when everyone else is doing 10? And the coach is saying, no, no, no. It's not that it's not fair. I see more potential in you. And therefore, I'm testing you more. Because I know you can go further. And the Rebunshom says the same thing. When he sees in us more potential, he tests us more as well. And therefore, when he does that, when he does that, he tests us in a way to make sure that we go a far, a far, far away in this way because he sees that we've got so much potential. So when a person sees that I'm being tested, which is so, so common, we're at home, we're on the computer, it's so difficult. Just think for a moment. The Rabboni Shalom is giving us a test because he believes in us, because he sees how far we can go. In fact, the Gemara in Sukkah brings down a famous Gemara. The Lasid Lover when Mashiach is going to come. The Rabbanishim is going to shech the Sotan. And the Tzadikim will cry and the Risham are going to cry. Everyone's going to cry. The Tzadikim are going to cry because it was you. The Risham are going to cry because all it was was a Chut Asaira. It was nothing. We have to realize that the Yitzhahara dresses up many of the Yitzhahara's that we have into these very fancy Averas that will give you pleasure, that will give you excitement. No, no, no. It, it, I'll say the marshal we've said so many times, but you know, we need to do chazar in this marshal. It's like salty water when you're thirsty. When you drink salty water, you're very, very thirsty. So you take a cup of water and it's heavily salted. For a second or two, maybe, you'll be quenching your thirst. And then straight away, you're perhaps even more thirsty than you started with. That's what the Yitzhara does. He makes you think that lamaisa right now, you need to get hano. And a person has to realize that it's nothing. It's just, a, it's just a bubble. There's nothing there whatsoever. But there's a couple of eights that I want to give because, again, this Bocho is asking for eights. Let's give a few eights because, of course, we have to know how serious the Aveira is. We have to know how bad it is for our Neshama. We have to know how bad it is for our future marriage. We have to know how bad it is for our children, for our Olam Haba. There's, there's all of that. But I don't think that's really a positive way of looking at it. I think I'd rather look at it in a different way. The first thing you have to understand is never, ever to give up. Right? Enochanami. A bocha does not have a kosher outlet. That's correct. Right? That's 100% correct. Right? Enochanami, you have to wait. That's the Messias. That's the world that we live in. That's the times that we're in. Yes, you have to wait till you get married. But it does mean that you have an opportunity to work on yourself in a tremendous, tremendous way. And you should never give up. As the Posak and Mishle 
famously says, Sheva Yipal Tzadik Vakom. And as we know from there, it doesn't mean that he fell, that wasn't the Chiddush, Vakom that he got up. And that's an incredible thing, and a stipler has a letter. And in one of the letters, the stipler writes that there is no greater tikkun for fixing for a fall, if you fell, than overcoming the difficulty and getting up and starting again. And he said the most important thing that a person has to remember. Yes, people fall. We're human beings. We're born. Shem knows our koichas. He knows where we're holding. He put us into the world. He gave us our physical capabilities. He gave us our emotional capabilities. But we have to realize if we fall, we have to get up. And that's the most important thing that a person has to do. And I always tell this to people. And if you look at the writings of Rab Nachman, Rab Reslov, it's the same idea. Don't look at what happened. Look at the future. Look at today. Everything is about today. Only talking about today. Where are you holding today? What was, was been already. And yes, there are challenges. But these challenges are to make us better people. They're to make us stronger people. As I mentioned to you, these are challenges that are not going to go away when you get married. So yes, you have no way of, you know, sort of, you know, using those uh, tithers that you have even in a good way when you're not married. But if you don't work on them now, then what's going to happen, what's going to happen later on when, for example, you are married and things are difficult because you're in the office and you've got secretaries and you've got people working for you, women, and people are talking other people by first names and you're joking around and all these sorts of things. What's going to happen if you didn't work on it then when you were a bocha? There's no chance they're going to work on it now. I mean, Chas Vashtanam, of course, there's a chance, but it's going to be much harder. So to address this Bacha's question, I would say to you, you're correct. There is no heter right now for you to express your tithers. But think of it this way. The Rabbani Shalom is giving you an opportunity now to be able to work on something which you're going to have to work on for the rest of your life. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. And therefore, it's important for a person to realize that. There's another thing as well. We know that Yosef HaTzadik, Yosef HaTzadik is called Yosef HaTzadik for a reason. Not all the tzaddikim were called tzaddik. Yosef was called a tzaddik. And then one of the reasons is, the main reason perhaps, is because he was in such a situation, Aishas Petifa, and he managed to exercise so much self-control that was seemingly impossible. Right? Who knew? Who would have found out? Yosef, no one's there. Your family have long abandoned you. You're in Mitzrayim in the middle of nowhere. It's like a guy who goes off to Thailand. Who knows about what you get up to? But besides that, Yosef Sadik was incredibly able to, to, to have the self-control to stay away from Aishas Patipa. Says Chazal, an amazing thing, an incredible thing. The Torah tells us, and the Svarna brings us out of Torah as well, that when Yosef Sadik was grabbed, he ran away for ruts. Says the Svarna, he dafka ran away. Why did he run away? Why can't you just walk away in, in a way? And in fact, the Prosik says afterwards he did walk away because he didn't want to embarrass her, whatever. And the reason why he dafka ran away, because he knew that if he didn't run straight away, he stayed a few seconds, whatever, to contemplate, to think maybe, it's too late. The Yitzhak is going to already got you in his grab. And therefore, it's an amazing opportunity for us to realize as well, when we're in a situation, you're on the computer, or on the phone, or whatever it is, and a thought comes to your mind, ooh, just go on that website, for, just for a minute, straight away, don't even give it a thought, learn to quickly get rid of it, just like, you know, there's the three second rule on the floor, quickly pick it up, and okay, now, for some reason it doesn't get the dust if it's there for only three seconds, so it's the same thing over here. And therefore, a person has to realize, 
try get away from it ASAP. Uh, Torah obviously is the biggest antidote in the world because the Gemara tells us right very clearly that the Gemara says that if you've got your Yitzhahara there, what does the Gemara tell us to do in Kedushin? The Gemara says to go to the base Hamedrash. Not only that, the Gemara Kedushin, the Flamamon base tells us, Torah is the greatest and only remedy that can be used for over there. A person also should try to stay away from boredom. Right When a person is bored, a person has got nothing to do, automatically his mind starts wandering. He thinks, what can I do? What can I get up to? Make yourself a schedule. Give yourself some structure it is very very important but also realize that everyone needs a chizik in this inyan everyone requires it the Gemari Kedushan says if a person had the opportunity to do an Aveira you can ask on the Rabbi on anything look at the power that you have Chazal tell us that if a person puts you know his eyes away from something that he shouldn't look at he stops himself he has the Koyach he has the Milo of a Koyin Godel walking into the Kodesh HaKadoshim you know what that is that's an incredible thing the Gemari in Makistav says if a person doesn't get involved in these Aveiras he'll have Gavaldiga children and grandchildren children for all soif adoyers. Do you know what that means? Think for a moment of these rewards before you go out in the street, before you open the computer. Have a moment of thought of thinking how bad these are various and thinking how good the schar is and, and how you can try to sort of navigate away. Obviously we're not talking about having a filter and all these sorts of things. That's a double portion admoid. But if I was able to answer these in Yonim, I think that's the way to answer it, is to give constantly a chizit, but don't think there's a magical potion. There is no magical potion, it doesn't work that way. Magical potions don't exist when it comes to things, it's yegiyah, it's constant trying, it's constant being machazik yourself for this Indian to try and make it work, to try being machazik yourself, and if you do fall, know that you're a human being, yes, you need to do tshuva, the Rebunsha will give you and grant you that tshuva, but don't get down from it. Never get down from it. Realize that you're a human being, you fell, now continue to get up and that's an important thing for a person to remember so those are the um, those are the pretty much that's how I answer those emails we don't have time right now to go through another email I wanted to get to but Emit Hashem we have a few more days but Ezra Hashem to do it and Emit Hashem tomorrow we shall continue with the next email which I hope will be very very interesting to all of you but Ezra Hashem Yisparach okay